Greetings to each one in the name of our Lord and Savior. I count it a privilege to be here this morning and to stand before you with the Word of God and to be able to share the things that are in the Bible that we have. I was given a subject to talk on um, actually a number of months ago, but it's still scheduled yet to happen, and I, I don't want to necessarily practice on my church here, but I thought it would make a good fill-in for, um, I mean, I don't know how often you want to hear um, a preacher always having a new message every time is fairly difficult, and to reuse a sermon can sometimes be a breath of fresh air that you can um, take time to think, if you want to say. And so the topic, uh, the, the title that they gave me is The Blessings of Forgiveness. So we're just going to start right in on it. And at first glance, I thought, pretty easy, nothing too hard, don't have to study too much. And I think that's the case. I did not have to study a whole lot, maybe as much as sometimes. It just didn't look real difficult. My first response was, God forgives us. We have blessings. What more is there to say? Just a, a, a routine sermon of, of God's blessings, the blessings of forgiveness that we can experience. But then I started thinking what is involved with this and what's going to be behind all this and you have the word blessing in there you have the word forgiveness and questions you know started coming around and the one I remember I can't say for sure if it was on the subject of forgiveness or if it was a subject on bitterness but the preacher stood up front and he said this is a subject I don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole and I feel a little bit of that this morning because forgiveness is very, very hard at times. And I know that from my life. And so you take the subject of forgiveness and you can break it out into different things like how, who all is involved with it. So you have the blessings of God's forgiveness in us. We can look at that. Then we have the blessings of when in our life we're able to forgive others and in turn we have the blessing of when others forgive us and one that I didn't think was very relative but in talking with a, a person that I, I asked him you know some about these things of forgiveness an older fella and he said um, I asked him I said do we need to forgive ourselves and he said yes at times we need to forgive ourselves so that blessing of forgiveness could be mixed in there too and as I think about the preacher's comment of not touching this with a 10-foot pole at least forgiveness and bitterness comes in there too I couldn't see that he was referring to the relationship we have with God as something that is distant and we don't want to we don't want to get too close to it you know, to be involved with somebody that is struggling with God's forgiveness. It's like we would, we would interact with that. But 
you take the next one about when we start doing it on a level of one person to another, brother to a brother, a sister to a sister. That's when it gets hard. That's where I found myself uh, a number of years ago of struggling with how to forgive and, and let go of events and things that took place. And so my message naturally in my mind is geared toward that. But I do want to look at the blessings of what we have of God's forgiveness and also with each other. I'm not sure if I have more into that. I, it's a big subject. I'm going to miss a lot. And I also ask for your input with me sharing this at other places, um, at least one that I know of. Uh, my list of blessings is maybe not uh, exhausted. There may be blessings you know of, and I would like to hear that from you. Um, I have just some that, uh, that came to me, and if you have any, please feel free to share them with me. I, I would be very much open to that. But back to what my mind thinks of in the blessings of forgiveness. It's the blessing in my life of when I can be at peace with my brothers and sisters. And I gear this, I, I think of this whole message, the blessings of forgiveness, basically coming down to that as we can forgive each other. Whether it's family or then whether it goes out into church or whether it goes into community, it's just there. And is unforgiveness the root cause of all relationship problems, as we see unforgiveness being one of the difficulties in it. Um, how, wh how does unforgiveness or forgiveness fit into that? And I wrote down here that unforgiveness is not necessarily the, the root cause of problems. You look at it a little bit deeper and you're going to say, well, where did that unforgiveness come from? And it starts back with in, in my viewing or seeing it could be different, but, or you might think of it in other ways, but to me, differences are the root cause of all or most all relationship problems. It's simply differences. And I'll add to that uncommunicated differences. Differences that you just know that person just, he doesn't like the way you do it. it it's sort of, it's there, but it's not open and understood very well. And those uncommunicated differences can really, really drive a route way down into your life that is very hard to get back out. So we know of a root of bitterness I think I have later on. But let's get back to forgiveness. The bitterness part, I think, is, is a subject in and of itself. But I want to say that forgiveness is the solution to all these relationship problems of how to let go of those differences and to be okay or to even bless those differences that you encounter in another person's life. And it's very hard. And as I heard the Sunday school lesson and as different ones of you commented, I, I could have almost taken some of those and just put them right in my notes in here because Jesus stood in front as an example, and that's the best example we have of forgiveness, maybe not in the lesson, but just in what he did, 
gives us uh, what something to go off of and what to do. And his example is given among others that are in, in, the, uh, in the Bible. So starting on blessings of forgiveness. What are blessings? It's an interesting word as we really try to put a definition behind it. The Lord bless you. Um, I think we know what that means. Uh, then, then you ask a blessing on the meal. Mm, yeah, we know what that means. Um, we are a blessed people. Mm, well, I have down here, we're blessed with many blessings. Like this word can really get, uh, like, how do we use it? And, and there's lots of areas of it. But it could include gratitude, happiness, prosperity, praise. And as I think of the blessing of forgiveness, it could include a lot of those. But as I think about, okay, what's the blessings of forgiveness? We have to move to the next word, forgiveness, and go, well, what is forgiveness? To know what the blessings are from it, to get a, a contrast of it. So we're going to look at forgiveness, and then later on we'll see I mean, just a little bit here of understanding what forgiveness is, and then later on look at what are these blessings. So let's go to what is forgiveness. <clears throat> Dictionary meaning says the act of forgiving. You can take that, but then what is forgiving? Forgiving means willing or able to forgive. As dictionaries do that, they run you down until you finally get to forgive it's allowing room for error or weakness, to give up resentment, to grant relief from payment, to cease to feel resentment against, or to pardon. Can you and I identify with that? Either side, whether you've experienced it or whether you've given it. Yes, I, it's not hard at all for me to tell you that and go, you can understand that. You know what resentment is. You know what just that mistakes other people are making. And then to say, that's okay, to, to let it go. You know what it's like maybe when other people tell you that and, and to, to say, I forgive you. So we can, we can identify. We, we understand what forgiveness is. But how do you find the definition of forgiveness, at least from a book point of view? It doesn't really say. It just says forgive. But as we look at the examples and the, and the stories and the things that are given in there, it puts a huge weight behind it. And we're going to find that out in a little bit. But 1 John 1.9 says, um, I don't even have it here. I could turn to it. But about confessing your faults. And God will forgive them. And I just wrote here, confession is the road that brings us to God's forgiveness. I, as you describe forgiveness, I, I had to put in there confession part. Because it, it starts there when you confess to God. He knows it already, but it's you admitting to it. And then you can see it clear and, and work through it uh, 
with you and God as you experience forgiveness. And I think the same way is with, with brother to brother. Until some confession and communication is made, some understanding, then it brings forth that forgiveness. So confession, I think, is part of forgiveness somehow fitting in there. But the original word forgive, as I, as I tried to find what they mean by forgive in the Bible, in the original word, has the meaning of to send forth or send away. And we don't think of forgiveness quite that in our mindset at that idea of like sending it away or sending it out of here. But if you start thinking about the things you are encountering as somebody and you forgive them, you are sending those things away and they are they're out of here. You don't want them anymore. And so I, I can see a little bit where they're coming from when it says about to send forth or to send away as we think of forgive. So I'm going to start now in the blessings of forgiveness that I have down. I'm not sure how much to read as all these references. Seems like the clock can go pretty fast at times. I have one, two, three, four. I have five blessings of forgiveness. Maybe one kind of can be split into two, but anybody taking notes that's a little bit where I came out and those five that's why I said if you have more just feel free but the first one I wrote down the first blessing of forgiveness is is that we can have peace with God and I think that's where it starts Luke 23 34 it was um, not quite in our Sunday school lesson but it's where Jesus said father forgive them for they know not what they do That was the judgment and the wrath of God being turned away through the crucifixion, the resurrection, the whole plan of salvation. God's forgiveness can be turned away and we can be forgiven for all the things that we've done against Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4.6 talks about we can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and to not be distant we can be accepted in his sight and and to experience a closeness with god and ephesians 1 7 says um i'm not sure if it's word for word in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace that's what god did for us so we can experience peace with him i have referenced again first john 1 9 confession to God, agreeing with God that we are saved. And through that, He forgives us our sins. We can be cleansed from unrighteousness. And the blessing of peace with God is, is that we can feel clean from the things that we have done through our sin as we be restored back to God. And along with that peace, Romans 5.1, peace comes through faith. We believe in God's forgiveness. Therefore, being justified by Faith, we have peace with God. The conscience is at peace, and the guilt of sin, it's gone. As you take it in faith, you can be forgiven, and you can have peace with God. That's a blessing of the forgiveness that God gives to us. The second one is 
peace with our fellow man. Probably the verses that, the, my next verse here is the one if, if I was to pick as a text verse, that would be it. And you may turn to Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. I'm going to read those. Colossians 3, 12 to 15. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. The verse if I was to pick out there when I thought about forgiveness is 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave, so also do ye. So we have here forbearing with each other, forgiving, not having quarrels. We can put on charity, and it gives us peace with fellow man as well as peace with God. It, it, it just goes together there. Ephesians 4.32, as you know, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God forgave you, so also do ye. I'm going to get my verses mixed up between the two. But it's very similar as we think of forgiving each other. Luke 17, 3 and 4. Jesus said about forgiving seven times. And that would be um, the idea of repetitive forgiveness, where you can't, just stop with one time and say, all right, I've done my work. I've did it seven times. That's it. Even though that's what Jesus stated there, uh, Matthew 18, 21, 22, we know, well, Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, if I just do it seven times, is that good enough? <coughs> Jesus said, no, 70 times seven is how many times we're supposed to forgive All right, number three, blessing of forgiveness. I have down physical health. It might not be uh, familiar with some of you, but health difficulties can come from a spirit of unforgiveness. And I can't find very much in Scripture to back that up. That sometimes poses a problem. But I have two references here that I'm going to take that they can be contributors to that. Deuteronomy 6.2, I'm just going to read that. Maybe view, some of you might be guessing what the phrase is in there. Deuteronomy 6.2 says, That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Very uh, general sense there of life being given for a length of time. 
I thought, well, that sounds pretty easy. But then I found another one that's more interesting in, second, in Proverbs 16.24. It gives some more indications of how things affect us in a physical way. Proverbs 16.24. says this, pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Now when someone says, I forgive you, it's pretty pleasant words, especially when you're really goofed up and somebody doesn't hold it against you. There's a story I read of a brain surgeon that encountered difficulty with one of his patients. Brain surgeries are very delicate and touchy. If any of you would have, I think the name of the book was Gray Matter. I was just skimming through it and happened to start in on this one situation that the doctor was given. He did the surgery and the, the patient knew the risks, knew what could happen. I. I think it dealt with being paralyzed um, with um, you know, spinal cord up through the brain. I, I don't remember all the details, but at any rate, the surgery did not turn out successful. And this man was still in a wheelchair, I think, and still suffering from things that he sort of had been told would be better. And the doctor knew that, and he had went back and talked to him. And the man held this somewhat against the doctor because he didn't do his job. And I don't know if the doctor made any mistake in that story, but some time went on and the doctor returned again to this patient and wondered how he was doing. And I don't know if the doctor initiated or not and said he was sorry and apologized, but it got the um, patient thinking that Maybe he should forgive as well. And I'm not sure how it happened, if it was immediately or not. It was somewhat sketchy in my mind, and I'm not sure how detailed it was in the story. But I took it. The moment that patient forgave the surgeon for what he did, he could sense healing starting to take place in his body. I don't know if he gained his movement, but it stressed the body and limited the healing with an attitude and a mind of unforgiveness. Pleasant words, they're health to the bones. I have down here, forgiveness promotes physical well-being. Now part of, um, part of the blessing of physical health, I, I put it in, in between number three and number four, I put 3A was forgiving ourself as I said about you know different ways you can and we do need to forgive ourselves. and this person I asked these questions about forgiveness he says you know he says he can kind of tell people go around and they, they they're very hard on themselves and they're very negative about themselves personally they never can do things right they just really put themselves down and he says he's, he doesn't think that's right he says that's not the way we we're meant to live I don't know of examples and how to 
bring that out per se, but I guess for me, for myself, I was one that could be a little hard on myself. Um, I just goofed. I made a mistake. I should have known better. Or I don't make mistakes. But I obviously did. How do you deal with that? Forgive yourself. Not in a sense of ignoring it and, and being uh, oblivious to it and just say, yep, I forgave myself. But, but to deal with it. To think through what took place and to acknowledge what may have been wrong there or what, what was needed. Maybe in a sense can promote you know, physical health to a to us. But number four is, and, and this is where I ran up against it. I said, well, is there more blessings in this? It's, um, we have peace, we have health. I uh, wasn't real sure, but uh, this, this idea kept coming to my mind about now that we understand forgiveness, it's, it's we're ready to go at it. We're ready to be, and I was Grounds for this, finally I come up with, it gives us a foundation to be a servant of God. When you are free from things, you are now ready, you have a, a good solid platform just to go off and be a, a servant of God. And I have down here Hebrews 12.1, and that was right in the Sunday school lesson. That you, we can lay aside the weight of sin and then we can run with patience the race that is set before us. And also in Hebrews uh, 12 verse 14 and 15 they were not in our Sunday school lesson I'm just going to read those quick Hebrews 12 14 and 15 read like this follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. This is the, the subject of bitterness would come in here. But it talks about looking diligently lest any man should fail and lest a root of bitterness come. That we can be free from all that in order to um, serve God and to do what, what, he, what He wants us to. And the fifth one I have down... For number five, gives us the ability to love. And there again, it was somewhat difficult how to, how to go about this and where it comes from. But I could not get the verse in Luke 7.47. Uh, as I studied it, it just uh, reappeared at times. And I thought, I need to fit, in, fit this in somewhere. And maybe it doesn't have to. Maybe it's my own thinking, but... We have the story of the, um, the woman coming in and, and doing things to Jesus. Um, I'm not sure if I... It talks about in, in Luke 7:44 about um, wash my feet with tears and wipe them with her hair. And uh, giving a kiss. I, I Just jumping in the middle here. You're probably familiar with it. But in verse 47 it says, Wherefore I say... Oh, let me start. I, she was forgiven of a lot of sins, I think. It's a little bit my fault. I don't have the background setting. But, I, but taking verse 47, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. 
and it's it's self-explanatory there that when you have been forgiven a whole lot, it sets the the tone for how much you're going to love. And that hits me square between the eyes, to use that phrase, because how much has God forgiven you? But yet, how much do we love God? There's a law there about to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. As I look down over all those, I realize that um, all these references, especially in Colossians and Ephesians, just look like a idealistic approach. This is, this is just how you do it, and it's if you want to say a piece of cake, and we're done. And I, I questioned it. I said, is that really the way reality is? Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Yeah, I think it is. Most of the time. And I say that because I wasn't sure how much to share of, of a little bit where I was at in unforgiveness. Um, but I wrote down some examples in Scripture where Things didn't go well, but they ended up good through forgiveness. And I'm not going to turn to all of them. I, there again, it would, and you know these stories, and they are, they're full of emotion. When you think of Jacob and Esau, the deception they had, and they separated, and Jacob returns to Esau, and Esau is coming with men, 400, three or 400 men, and Jacob humbly surrenders and gives in, and they meet each other, and they embrace each other, and they're restored. It's an obvious example of forgiveness. And if that one doesn't touch a nerve with you, then try um, Joseph and his brothers. He was sold as a slave. Egypt. His brothers hated him. Years go by. God brings events. They come together through the drought. They need food. And Joseph sees his brothers. A huge advantage. He knows who they are, but they don't know who he is. And he forgives. And he is brought back together with his family through that. We have an example of, maybe not so much familiar, of Nabal and Abigail and David. Where she found out that David was going to slay the men of servants of Nabal because of his crude comments about, I'm not going to give anything to you. And Abigail found out and she goes to David and she pleads, she says, forgive and it uses the word forgiven there. Forgive what Nabal said and what Nabal did. Can you forgive it? Don't slay innocent blood. And David accepted that. The forgiveness on behalf of another person maybe. Kind of a, a different, not necessarily one-to-one, -one, but still the, um, 
the uh, blessing that forgiveness can be in, in a situation. And in the New Testament, we have the prodigal son, where the father just extends his forgiveness, sees his son way off, and runs. It's a huge example of forgiveness. And it's hard because I wrote in here in my notes, father and son don't get along. I'm not sure if I can totally say this is true, but I have yet to find somebody that said they always got along 100% with their father. Now, I'd be glad if you would come and say that. And it may not be in a major way. But father and son is a perfect setting for unforgiveness and bitterness to take place. But that's not the example that Jesus gave us. As God the Father forgives us, I have it in my notes here somewhere too, we are required, we are to forgive our brother. And so, question this morning, are you experiencing the blessings of forgiveness? And I can say that I am experiencing those blessings it said in the beginning, it comes down to, except for that one person that just kind of did something wrong against me. And if that one little thing is causing you to trip up, you are not experiencing the blessings of forgiveness. Because that is a hindrance in your life. And so it's peace with my fellow men. Why do I have people in my life that I can't get along with? Did you know that Colossians, in our text verse, Colossians 3.13, quarrel, the best that I could find studying, means to have a matter of complaint against anyone. A complaint. Another definition I found that has to do with that, a complaint against somebody. Setting oneself against another. And I find myself doing that. I asked my wife one time, I said, you know, the people that you like, you don't go to ask help from them. You set them apart. You set them. Now, hopefully, none of you do that. But if you set somebody like that, to my mind, it's like I set them, set oneself against another. You're, you're just, you're distant from them. That, that just... If you can't go ask a per that person for some help, there's probably something wrong in that relationship. And personally for me, as I kind of alluded to of how I could actually learn and understand forgiveness was, I'm not sure on the details how much to go through. But I can at least give you this. This person that I went and talked to, he was the one that I had trouble forgiving. And I sort of knew this 
subject coming up, I should just make sure I'm free and clear with that person. And as I went and talked to him, one of those just natural things that happened, he knew I didn't really like him. He knew it. You can't cover it up. If you don't like somebody, it's obvious to at least that person. It might not be obvious to everybody else, but they know it. And I told him that. I said, you probably knew I didn't really like you years ago. I didn't get along the best. Yeah, he's like, I knew that. And I said, I've learned to be able to forgive you. And it was somewhat minor things, but those minor things keep building. You build a case, build something against somebody. It becomes big after a while, and then it becomes hard to get it out of your system. And it was a blessing to be able to sit there with that person and talk and ask him questions. So what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And I didn't bring it out, but it comes to mind two times in the examples given, Jacob and Esau and Joseph and his brothers, Beautiful blessings that happen after forgiveness takes place. Joseph sat and he talked with his brethren. I didn't read it in scripture. Esau asked, he said, Jacob, who are all these? Tell me about your events and what's happening. And they sat and they they could just share and talk and The resentment and the bitterness was gone. And that is a definition of blessing. If we wrestle with that, it's a blessing of forgiveness. So how do you know if you've forgiven a person? I found this helpful. I don't, I don't necessarily have it in my notes that I was trying to. It, it was the examples given, some more examples here that just, it revealed itself. And this is in divine ways that us as humans can't. Stephen, it was alluded to in Sunday school, I think, maybe I mentioned it, Acts 760 Stephen, as he was stoned by the people that hated him for him preaching, said, lay not this sin to their charge. And you can know if you have forgiven a person, if you can freely say that I'm not going to charge that person with what they deserve. And along with that, you can see that Stephen would not have been holding them at arm's length either. He was trying to give them the gospel. He was trying to help them, to show them the way. There was love there involved with that. But let's go a little bit farther. And this is one that's not as familiar in Scripture, but it's the book of Philemon. And, I, and you could take a sermon right out of Philemon and look through all the details, but 
I'll just let it up to you. If you do not know what the book of Philemon states, you may go home and read it. But what took place there in the specific example was is that Philemon had a slave that did him wrong. And this slave was found to be in, uh, came to know Paul in prison at a different location. And Paul takes Onesimus, he's converted, he becomes a Christian, and Paul says, you need to help me here and take some of my things and go back and give these to Philemon. And so Paul is writing this letter to Philemon about receive my son Onesimus. And Paul goes further on to say, if he did anything wrong, put it to my account. And as I look at the person that I would be holding resentment and guilt for, there is absolutely no way in my flesh that I would say, all those things they've done, I'm going to take the blame for that. That's not human nature. If you've forgiven a person, you will be able to do that. You will be able to take the charges that would be against that person and take them for your own. It may be even an act of love. But it establishes that freedom that you do not hold anything against that if you're willing to take it. And then on top of that, as the we know the words of Jesus are just above and beyond what we can do. He just sets the bar higher and higher. I saw it here in not only to dismiss the resentment and to be back to zero if you would speak, but then on top of that to turn around and go and find good in that person that you previously could not get along with is very hard. But if you can do that, and by the grace of God you can, you will know that you have forgiven that person. And that was the... Uh, and it, Like I say, read Philemon. You'll see Paul just trying to emphasize how he can do everything. He's like, I'll just take the blame. Uh, just He's a good slave now. He, he's just... Uh, it just was a good example to, to see that and understand you know, what, what forgiveness really is. And so, as I try to summarize all this up, blessings of forgiveness, I think you could take all these blessings that I wrote, and we can understand them, but I don't think it would put into words when you experience forgiveness in your life and to know the blessings of it. It's kind of that, I don't know how to write it down. Yeah, they're blessings, they're great, but I, it's, it's sort of in, indescribable and unexplainable. And That is what God did to us. He commands us to love each other, to forgive each other. I go back to that quarrel. We're not supposed to have complaints against each other. We should be seeking the good in others. Maybe a perfect life, but that's what God calls us to. And so in conclusion, I have down, this is the way of Jesus Christ. The example like we had in Sunday school. 
And if we can live out Christ-like forgiveness, then we truly can experience the blessings of forgiveness. And so with that, I think I'll conclude the sermon. I think at this time we'll kneel for prayer and then ask for a song. Let's pray.